You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, hello, church, and as has already been said, a very, very warm welcome to you. We're so glad that you're joining us here. I was speaking to another fellow church leader this week and we were laughing about what we're trying to do these days this this crazy situation we find ourselves in and we were thinking you could do a series the lockdown life of of prayer from the porch and blessings from the bathroom courage from the kitchen life lessons from the loo grace from the garage well I don't know about any of that but I want to say to you I'm bringing you love from the lounge today we have been so encouraged as a leadership knowing that you're joining us online and those of you that are joining social media or Instagram, Facebook, and we're trying to put more out at the moment. So if you're not on, get on, follow us at CLM Church Cov. And been great to get your prayer requests in. Please send those in and your selfies and just staying connected one with another more than anything. And uh, we've had to face a fresh challenge this week of how do we do church from last week's pop-up studio in the CLM building uh, through to homes around the city. But we know this, it's not how slick it is or how incredible the sound is. It's the presence of God and our prayer is as we gather in his name in homes around the city and beyond, we would know him with us. And that's my prayer as we come to the word today. Uh, If you'd like a title for today, it's this, what to do when you don't know what to do. What to do when you don't know what to do. For many of us, these last couple of weeks have been quite disorientating and not just the scale of change, the amount that is changing, but the speed of change, the rate of change, how quickly we've had to adapt. Only three weeks ago in our services uh, at CLM, we were introducing the elbow bump and some people thought that was extreme. And just over two weeks after that, Monday just gone, we're on lockdown here in the UK. And you might be wondering how to cope how to endure, how to get through, how to manage the tech uh, and uncertain as to how long it's going to last. And you might be feeling a bit like you don't know how to do this. And while I'm not going to speak into specific situations, nor belittle them by failing to do so, I want to bring us an encouragement from the word here today. If you've got a Bible, why don't you turn with me to Acts chapter 12. And we're going to see what the church did at a time when I'm guessing they probably didn't quite know what to do. In Acts chapter 12, we see a backdrop of the progress of the church, the blessing of the church. Yes, there have been persecution. Yes, there have been challenges. But overriding a direction of progress and blessing, the miraculous hand of God, the the rapid growth of the church numerically, and all sorts of amazing and wonderful things happening. But then we get to chapter 12, and we see something really challenging happens. This is what the Bible says in verse 1. Of Acts 12. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. And notice this said he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial at the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains 
and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and your sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. I'm going to leave it there at verse 8. But what happens next is the angel leads Peter. And literally they go past the guards, whether they were blinded or sleeping, we're not told. And all the way to the entrance of the prison where the gates opened and they walked straight out. The angel goes with Peter to the end of a street and then the angel disappears and Peter comes to his senses. He He's thought he's in a vision and then he realizes he's actually escaped. It's real. And he makes his way to Mary's house, the mother of John Mark. It must have been a big house because they had outer gates and he gets there and the church is gathered and they're inside praying for him. And he knocks on the gate and uh, and this, this young lady, Rhoda, comes out and she's so excited to see his Peter that she forgets that she let him in and she goes back and said, Peter's at the gate. Anyway, he makes it in. He says, tell the brothers and sisters what's happened. And then he goes elsewhere into hiding. A little bit later on in the chapter, and it, it could seem disjointed from the story, but, but stay with me a moment. We hear about Herod and what he does next. And he's in a meeting just a little while later with the people of Tyre and Sidon. This is what it says, breaking in at verse 21 of the same chapter. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, this is the voice of a God, not a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. The word of God continued to spread and flourish. Just for a moment, I'd, I'd like us to try and consider, if we can, the utterly shocking reality that it must have been for the early church when James was beheaded. You see, there were thousands of believers at this point, but among the leaders, there were, there were 12, the 12 apostles, and, and among the 12, there were three that had been closest to Jesus. There was Peter and James and John. Uh, and many of you will know the Gospels, the story of Jairus' daughter, where, where the disciples are all there, but Jesus takes three into the room as he raises the girl from the dead. It's Peter and James and there's John. On the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, the glory of Jesus is revealed and three of them are there. You know it. it's Peter, it's James, it's John. In Mark's account of the Garden of Gethsemane, the 12 are there, but Jesus takes three more closely with him into a place of proximity and it's Peter and it's James and it's John as he wrestles in that hour and says, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. James was one of the three, the closest three, and he's imprisoned and Peter's imprisoned and James is beheaded. And by implication, Peter is next. And I'm sure the church were there making no sense of this, saying like, God, why did you allow this? How could this have happened? And, and what is gonna happen next if, if James has been killed any of us could be killed. And yet in their moment of maybe not knowing what to do, we see how they responded. Maybe you're reeling this week or in the last couple of weeks. Maybe you've got kids suddenly off school and you're not sure how to cope. Maybe you find yourself unwell and, and isolated in a place of lockdown. We've been trying to keep in touch with our over 70s and I want to give a big shout out to over 70s. It's a disorientating time for some. Maybe your livelihood has been materially impacted and you're not quite sure how your bills are going to be paid. 
Maybe you don't really know what to do. And I wonder if we can draw strength from this passage today. Notice three things the church did when maybe they didn't know what they should do. Number one, they prayed hard. They prayed hard. The Bible says, but the church was earnestly praying to God for Peter. Other renditions of of this account say fervently or without ceasing. The Passion Version says they went into a season of intense intercession. The Greek word that we get earnestly from, ektonos, it it comes from a verb to stretch out the hand. And and if you will, they were reaching for God. They They were reaching out in their hour of need, praying earnestly, reaching out to him. Of course, they needed a result. They needed Peter to be broken free from prison and nothing drives you to your knees like the threat of execution. But my point is that in this moment where they could have questioned, they they didn't pull away from God in their disorientation. They drew near to him. They pressed in. And this is what you need to do when you don't know what to do. Maybe you need a, a result. Maybe you need healing or wisdom or strength or strategy, provision. Nothing pulls us closer to God than prayer. Sometimes we say things like, fix your eyes on Jesus. And you might think, how do I do that? We do it through prayer. Stay close to the Lord. How do I stay close to the Lord? Through prayer, to talk to him, to tell him, to ask him, to cry out to him. It it pulls us in. It steadies the ship. It gives life to the spirit and peace to the soul. Church, at a time when we don't know what to do, we need to pray hard. And moreover, the world is changing right now more than I've known in my lifetime. We are in an incredible season and how the world needs a move of God. Church, it is time to pray. Peter was in prison and people might not be in a physical prison, but many are in captivity and now is the time to pray. Secondly, they prayed hard, but they remembered well. They prayed hard, they remembered well. What I mean by this is they they didn't crumble at James's death, but they did not forget the Lord's faithfulness in the moment of shaking. And at a time like this, it's good for us to look back and remember the goodness of the Lord. They could have questioned God. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And here the church at a time when they didn't understand some things, they chose to forget not the miracles that he'd done. It's a really understated account, but a few chapters earlier in chapter 5, there was a breakout of prison. Exactly what happened to Peter had already happened. It says in Acts 5, then the high priest and all his associates were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles. This is the 12 and they put them in a public jail. But verse 19 of Acts 5, during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, the angel said, and tell the people about this new life. And that's what they did. And I think here they they prayed hard, but they remembered well that God was the God who could break people out of prison, and they drew on that. I spoke to someone this week whose income is largely from being self-employed, and it was a time before the government's announcement. And uh, and they said to me, you know, my that this was my situation, and and I'm not sure how it's all going to work out, but I know this: the Lord has never let me down. And they were able to look back at how God had carried them and watched over them. You know, it reminded me of. Elijah in 1 Kings 17, where where the Lord leads him in a famine to a brook, and and the brook is the provision. But then the brook dries up, but God leads him to a new source of provision. And here's the thing, the brook 
was the provision, but the brook was not the provider. Sometimes we can get so comfortable with, with how the answer comes that we think when the answer is taken, we're not safe anymore, but we should never confuse the provision with the provider. For Esther and myself at this time, it's, it's been challenging. I'm sure many of you, if you lead organizations, for head teachers, if you've got your own business, it's a challenging time trying to respond to situations. It's certainly stretched us and We've also, like many of you, we've got children that were at school at home and trying to support them and we've had to move the staff online and all our meetings online, our ministries online, our services online, almost overnight. And I'm not good with tech. But you know, as we look at all of this and wonder how it's going to work out and how long things are going to last, I, I've just needed to look back at our first year in Coventry and remember the conversation with the bank manager who said we could lose the building and remember the situation where we... We were told we would lose all our car parking provisions, some other really challenging situations. And look back and know that the Lord had us, that the Lord was watching over his church, that the Lord was bringing us through to remember well the faithfulness of God. If you've walked with God, you'll know that he's good. You'll know that he's faithful. And maybe your world is shaking around a little bit, but remember well that God is good. Maybe you're a new believer and you don't have a bank of testimonies to draw on right now. But this will be one of your testimonies to draw on. That when you didn't know what was going on, the Lord brought you through. So we should pray hard and remember well. But thirdly, they held steady. They held their faith. They held their values. They held their courage. They held their convictions. They refused to budge. Through the shaking, they saw God at work. Even through the pieces that they wouldn't and couldn't understand, they knew it was not a time to waver in their principles. Someone once said to me, never question in the dark what you saw in the light. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, it says, you'll need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he promised. And the writer goes on to say a couple of verses later, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. In our chapter, chapter 12 of the book of Acts, it begins with James dead and Peter in prison and Herod flourishing. But it finishes with, with Herod dead and Peter free and the church flourishing. The word of God continued to spread and flourish. Friends, when you don't know what to do, hold steady, hold to your convictions. Pray hard, remember well, and hold steady. One of the amazing things in this season is, as we've seen the church forced out of her walls and online, so many people who probably wouldn't come to a, a church service in a building, engaging with the service as it comes to them. Maybe you're one of those people today. We're so glad you've joined us. We pray that this would be life-giving. But as we hold steady, we will see God at work, bringing his love and hope to many who might not otherwise be reached. So, my friends, this week as lockdown continues and life is a little bit different and maybe in some respects we don't know what to do, this is what we need to do. Pray hard, remember well, and hold steady. And we will yet see the deliverance of the Lord and the flourishing of his gospel. I wonder, wherever we gather today, can you join me in prayer in this moment? Lord, would you help us? Thank you, Lord, there are times when we don't know what to do and often in the vulnerability of those moments, if, if we lean into you, we see your goodness and your faithfulness. And I pray, God, for every person that maybe is reeling, maybe has questions, maybe has been struggling. 
that they and we together would lean in and pray and pray hard at this time and find you, find the rock that you are, the anchor that you are through prayer. Lord, that we might remember well your faithfulness and your goodness, that you've never failed us and you're not about to. And Lord, that we'd hold steady in our convictions. We'd keep doing what is right and knowing that your ways work and trusting you by how we live and that we would come through this time with you having forged something fresh in our lives, in our church, in our city and in our nation for your glory. And wherever you are, could you join with me and together can we say, Amen.